Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. You can be seated. You can be seated. Thank you. That was uh, unexpected, so thank you. Um, yeah, no other words, but thank you. Thank you that you're a part of this with us, right? Rachel and I can't do this alone, and we thank you for every single one of you that have put your hands to the plow, that have helped, that have moved uh, from different places to here to help us, and uh, so many stories I could share, I could go on, but um, for the sake of me getting weirdly emotional um, and awkwardly emotional here in the first minute of me being up here, let's just jump right into the Word, amen? <laughs> Who's excited to get into the Word this morning? Come on. If you got your Bibles, open them up to Genesis 22. We're going way back. We're going way back. Uh, if you were here last week, um, who was here last week? Or listened to it? Pastor Clay Bear was with us from um, Jacksonville, Florida, from Celebration Church. And um, it was so funny. He, he, he brought an amazing word on, on Genesis 12 and the covenant promise. And um, he was preaching, and I leaned over to Rachel as he began to say one of his points. And um, I said, it's so funny how God works, because I, I didn't see his notes. I didn't see anything that he was going to preach until he started. Um, but I've been off for a couple weeks. Thank you to whoever preached or taught as uh, I was able to take some time to rest and um, a little bit of recovery for a, a little bum knee that I have. Uh, but he, he preached a, a message, and he started to say like a little bit into the, to the sermon that I already prepared a week prior. It's funny how God works, right? And I told him, I was like, bro, did you read my notes? He's like, what are you t- did you get my iPad and read my notes, or did you just really just set me up that well for next week? He's like, man, that's who I am. Clay said, he's just like, I'm that kind of guy, just setting you up nice and sweet this week. And he set me up nice to lead us into this message that the Lord placed on my heart prior to him even coming. And it's out of Genesis 22. And um, I, I've been, I, I honestly, I've been um, wrecked by this story. I've been moved by this story. This story is familiar Right? If you grew up in church, you know this story. This is taught in every Sunday school class, or it's mentioned pre all the time throughout messages, and there's plenty of sermons out there. You've probably heard a bunch of them. I've grown up in the church. Anybody else grown up in the church? You, you know all the passages of Scripture. You know all the story. But this one, even this week as I was reflecting, wrecked me. And it's Abraham and Isaac, and the, the moment where he is asked by God to go and sacrifice his son. Uh, an, um, an absolute crazy request, a request that is, is out of our minds to even be like, what are you doing, God? That doesn't make any sense, but he does it, and there's some powerful truths that I want to teach us today. So Genesis 22, I want to read it. 1 through 19, I'm going to read some scriptures. Is that all right? Here we go. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Pause. How many of you think that's crazy? Don't don't act like you're all holy and super spiritual. 
nuts, God. You're going to ask this brother to go kill and sacrifice his son? Yo, if God asks me to sacrifice Titus, it's over. <laughs> like, like, I'm just telling you, like, that's a, that's a conversation me and God are having deeply, okay? Like, don't judge me. Don't be like, well, you should have some faith like Abraham. I'm trying. I'm working on it. Like, that's a massive request. Early, though, the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Crazy. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he carried him, he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, son, Abraham replied. Uh, the, the fire and the, the wood are here. Hey, hey Dad, it, you, you got three, three, uh, two out of the three things. Are, you, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here, here I am. Just imagine, yeah, I'm here. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Whew. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there was a thicket. He saw, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place that the, called the place the Lord will provide. And on this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possessions of the cities and of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Talk about a promise then. Crazy. Then Abraham returned to his servants and they set off together. And then I want to just reference James 2, 20 through 23 for the New Testament. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. His faith was made what? Complete. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. What a title. Who wants to be called a friend of God? I entitled this message, Believe It, Then You Will See It. That's a good title. I could at least get one amen out of that. Believe it, and then you will see it. Have you ever believed something before you saw it? Come on, this is an interactive church. Hands are up. I can see all y'all. Yeah, you ever believe something before you actually saw it unfold or you actually saw it come, come to fruition? Like, like I'm going to get brownie points right now. Yeah, I am. 
and even our anniversary month, I'm going to get brought. I knew my wife when I saw her, and it, she was not my wife, just so you know. <laughs> I knew the moment I saw her that she was going to be my wife. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> Call me. We'll go out. Like, I knew just when I saw her, I was like, this is going to be my wife. Like, husbands in the room, you know what I'm talking about? Just raise your hand so you get brownie points too. I just, I just knew I, I didn't have to, like, ask her to be my wife yet. I just, I just knew there was something. Now the Lord had to work on my heart and do some things for me to make that happen. But I just knew. How many of you have had a dream before that you didn't see unfold, but you knew God was calling you to something great, and you believed it in your heart, and you kept pressing in, and you kept pressing in, and you kept pressing in, and you finally saw it unfold, right? But you had to, what? Believe it first. Like, like I know I, I reference this a lot, but, like, this is the truth of this is a this is a miracle. This is a dream. This is this this house, this church is a is a God dream. And this God dream was placed inside of my spirit and, and Rachel's spirit and together and then other people's spirits. And, and before we even saw a service happen, we believed God at his promise. Come on. Be, before we even met an individual, we knew God had called us. We knew God had placed us in our hearts to come to a major city called Chicago, right? If you all don't know my story, I'm from here. I don't want to be here. <laughs> They're like, what is going on here? <laughs> Yo, if I had my choice, I would be in the south, living the nice life in the warm weather. Amen. But God put something in me. He placed it inside of me. Yo, if you are dreaming and it doesn't scare you, it's not a God dream. And it was inside of me that I received it, but I didn't see it. Like, like, it wasn't like, oh, I got it, and then next thing you know, bam, we were having a Sunday morning service. It was months. It was years of us praying, of us waiting, of us, I would remember nights, and I don't do this very often now, but I would stay up all, all night, and I would write out the vision and the plans and the, the you know, how we're going to do this and how it's going to look and all this stuff. I'd stay up super late in the midst of getting my, my master's degree, and I, I'd be just up all night on fire for God, wondering, would we even see anybody show up? <laughs> But I knew. I, I, I believed it before I saw it. I wonder today what it would look like for us to be a church or for you to be individuals that follow Jesus Christ if you would actually believe God at his word before you saw it. Like, like what would happen? Because this is the faith stuff, right? Well, what would it look like if we believed God that he was going to do a work in this city, that he was going to turn this city upside down? How many of you believe, like, what if, what if you actually believed that God was going to transform the city, that he was going to break the bondage of sin, he was going to break the bondage of violence and of death and of, of racism and of hate and everything else that's been a part of the city? He's going to break it all. He's, I believe him for that. Have I seen it yet? No, not yet. But do I believe it's going to happen? Yes. What if we were a church that actually believed that? What would happen? What if we believe that God desires deeply to bring a revival here? Whoa, 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 okay. If we believe that, what are you doing to set yourself up to not miss that? Like, like how are you living? How are you speaking? How are you getting close to him? How are you, how are you sowing his word? How are you worshiping him? Like, what are you actually doing? If you actually believe, because, like, I could say, who wants revival? And every hand would go up, hopefully, right? But do we actually believe it, and are we setting ourselves up for it? What, would, what, what if we believed prior to seeing it, that God wanted to fulfill the fatherless epidemic that's happening in this city. Would you go and serve at Young Life? I'm just saying, plug to Young Life again. Like, like would you actually believe God at his word uh, that he wanted to change that? How would you care for the orphan? 
How would you care for the single moms? Come on, church. I know I'm ruffling some feathers this morning. It's all good. Like, like, how would you actually care for your neighbor that you knew was a single mother that's trying to do her best to take care of that boy or that girl? And what would you do to help them? If you actually believe God wants to change it, you know we're the, we're the most fatherless generation next to world wars? Did you all know that? We're right, right now, today, we are the most fatherless generation. That's a problem. And you know what? I've been reminded that God is with us. God is for us. God is going to do something. He wants to help the orphans and the widows and the fatherless. And what are we doing as a church to, to help that? What, what if you were believing that God wanted to build you up for a mighty purpose, plan, and calling? Because I believe that for every single one of you. Would you actually believe that before you got on a platform? Would you actually believe it before you saw the dream unfold? How would you do it? What if you know that God had called you to be a spouse, right? How many of you believe God's called you to be a spouse and you're not married yet? Raise your hand. Be honest. I love the honesty of six of you. And you're like, where is my man? Pastor, come into church. I've been lifting my hands and worship this one like this. Don't act like I don't see it. Some of y'all worshiping only with your left finger. Like, praise the Lord. Like, what's wrong with these people? They got two. It's like, I'm here, God, in your presence. Like, in your. Uh, come on. Come on. We can have fun in church, right? But what if you actually believed you were called to be a spouse? How are you handling your heart today? You giving your heart to a bunch of stuff? You showing up to the club to try to give your heart to somebody there because you think that's where you're going to find them or her? Come on. How would you actually live if you knew God had called you to be a spouse, he called you to be a mother and a father? How would you prepare for that right now? Would, would you actually believe it and then you'll see it? Would you actually walk in what he's called you to do today and then you will see it? Come on. I, I want us today as a church to, to see this story of Abraham that he was a man that was filled with faith. He, he received a, a, a word from the Lord, and he believed it. He believed it, even before he saw it happen. Uh, this faith that Abraham had, uh, it was a faith like he was acting upon what he believed to be true, what he believed God's word to, to be true, regardless of how difficult the path up Mount Moriah would become. Right, the mountain that he had to climb up, I, I believe he had faith to believe that no matter what God had called him to do, he was going to see God move. You with me this morning? I got four points. If you come to this church, you know how funny that is. I want to walk through the story just a little bit with us and help us build faith of believing before you see. The first thing is this. In order to, to have this kind of faith that you're going to believe it before you see it, to build faith, God will test you. What do you mean? God tests us? Yeah. Yeah, he tests us. Verse one, it says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. This is not me making some fun point. This is the Bible. It says, sometimes later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, he said to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go up to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, and I, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of the servants and his son Isaac. So, so verse 1 is just straight. It's clear. Sometimes later, God tested Abraham. Not, not like, like I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't always like to be tested by God. Like it's not, it's not in the flesh fun, right? They're, they're hard 
testings or there are times that you have to walk through some stuff. And there's been seasons in my life where I'm like, God, when's this season going to be over? Come on, am I talking to anybody this morning where you're just like, God, I'm really done with this test. Like, can I get on to the next test? What I've known about God is this. You can't pass the grade. You can't, you can't go to the next grade until you pass that grade you're in. Like, God doesn't skip steps, okay? And so some of us want to believe God to be like, yo, God, just get me out of, get me out of this season of A to, and, and just put me in season B. And he's like, no, I, I can't do that. I got to get you from A to B to C, Right? He's got to test you in order to build faith. See, Abraham had to be tested to see if his faith was a yes faith. Come on, was it a, was it a yes faith for Abraham? Did he actually believe the promise that God told him about in Genesis 12? Did he actually believe the promise that he was going to be a father of many nations and that God was going to bless him and God was going to use him and God was going to do great and mighty things? He had to be tested to see if his faith was a yes faith. Or was his faith just a, nah, not good, God, not a good time, God. How many of you ever said, God, this isn't a good time for me to get tested? <laughs> I say it all the time. Judge me again. Like, he'll be like, yo, Jay, I'm putting you through. I'm like, nah, God, not a good time. Do you know everything else that's going on? Yeah, it's not a good time. Can you test me in like six months? I'll be ready in six months. I promise you, God. I promise you I'll be ready. Six months. He's like, no, I got I to gotta test you right now because you can't go to the next season. You can't move into the next stage of life if you don't accomplish what I want to do in and through you right now. Now, God had to test Abraham to say, hey, this isn't a, this doesn't feel good faith. I don't want to do it. Not right now, God faith. This was a yes faith from Abraham. He has to get a yes faith from us. In order for us to believe it, he's got to test us because when you get tested, how many of you know your faith gets stronger? You, you, you understand the answers to the testing. You, under, you, you know how to pass the test, right? You, I don't know about you, but I hate <laughs> taking tests in school. <laughs> Man. Oh, my God, help me. <laughs> but, like, the truth of the matter is, is that when you have to take a test in school, it, it's on you. It's on you. And so we, we heard about the promise in Genesis 12 and how he would father many in the stars in the sky and that now, all of a sudden, the test is crazy. See, like, God doesn't have to test us all the time in crazy stuff, but in this moment, in order for Abraham to get yes faith, he had to test him in a crazy moment. You know what the crazy moment was? It was this. Hey, go and sacrifice your son. Come, come on. God, really? Really? The son that I've been waiting for? The son that you promised me? I got to now go sacrifice? I got to go kill him? Wait, the same son you promised me that you said I would have, the one that was going to be the one that's going to start all of this, this one, you now are going to go back on your word, and now you want me to go, and you want me to take him up to a mountain, and you want me to kill him? That's crazy stupid. He says, yeah, God, I'll do it. I'll do it. See, side note, what's crazy about this moment is this, in this time, there was other gods among this time, and, and there was other worship, people that they worshiped other gods, and other gods would ask for children to be sacrificed. So Abraham had this knowledge that other gods would ask of this, and it was nothing different compared to, to, to what other gods were asking. So in a sense, I think Abraham was like, oh, okay, this is what you want from me? This is, this is kind of normal in a sense? This is kind of, yeah, sure, I'm in. But for us, we read this and we're like, whoa, that's crazy. That's crazy. But I do believe something, that deep down in Abraham's heart, there was a level of like, oh, snap, this is, this is massive. This is a test. Guys, God's got God's to get us through some testing in, a forwarder, in order for us to have a faith that's strong. Are you with me this morning? What's he testing you in today? And are you willing to continue in the test? 
Let me say this. How you finish one season will determine how you start the next. Okay? Like, really, some of you are like, well, I just got to get out of this season. I got to get out of this test. But, like, if you don't finish, I'm telling you, you're going to carry everything that you weren't built up in in the past season into the next season. I promise you that. So God's saying, hey, I got to build some faith in you. I got to build some trust in you. No matter what's going to happen, no matter if you understand it or not, don't debate with me. Don't argue with me. Don't try to talk yourself out of it. Just do it. Even if you don't feel good about it, Abraham, just do it. Today, God is saying, will you believe me? And will you just do it? What I've said for you to do, what I've asked of you to do, even if you don't understand it, even if you don't feel good, even if it doesn't seem like it makes any sense, will you do what God is asking you to do today? Will you believe it before you see it? The second thing is this. No one else can take your test. <laughs> no one else. See, in order to have the faith to say, yes, I believe it before I even see it, you got to go through the test, right? And then you have to take the test alone, right? It, it says this in verse 5. Where are you getting this from, Pastor? Oh, my goodness. Here it is, verse 5, right here. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey. Stay here with the donkey. We, me, and the boy will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham had to take the test alone. Many of you in the room, and pastor included, want to have the believe it before you see it faith, but we want other people to take the test for us. We, we, listen, this is what I'm about to say is not a bad thing, okay? Y'all with me? Like, like it's good to live off of somebody else's faith. It's, it's good to be encouraged by somebody else's faith. It's good to be inspired by, by how others live and how others have, you know, miracles happen for them or things happen in their life. It's good to be encouraged. Like, that's why we share testimonies. That's why we share things, right? But some of you are so consumed with what other people are doing that God can't get your attention to put you through the test that he has to put you through in order to get you through it so that you can pass the test and you can have a testimony that everybody else is having around you, but you're too concerned about doing it with somebody else. Okay, this is helping somebody. Because what this ha- how it does is like, I can't tell you, like, there's been times in my life where I'm going through a testing season. And instead of calling God, call God, right? I call five other people. I call five other of my friends or buddies, and I'm like, yo, God's putting me through this. Help me. Oh, my goodness. You know what they say to me? Get on your hands and knees and start praying. No, 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 no. Give me something else. <laughs> They're like, no, JP, this is your test and your test to pass. We will pray for you. We will stand with you, but we can't take this test for you. Some of you in the room need to take the test yourself, and you've been pushing it off onto somebody else. It's your time to have faith, to believe it before you see it, but you got to go through the testing, and you got to take it alone. Like I said, you, you, I don't like tests, but you got to take tests in school, right? If, if you take a test in and you cheat, right, you're not accomplishing what you were called to do. You're not uh, gaining the material. Come on. You're not gaining the knowledge. You're not gaining the depth of what is being taught. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. Yo, some of you are cheating with other people on the test that God called you to take. And you're not gaining the insight. You're not gaining the truth. You're not gaining the, the faith to stand firm when it seems hard and when it seems crazy because you're trying to bounce over here and have a conversation over here. Or maybe my prayer group over here will help me. Or maybe this group will help me over here. Or maybe just maybe maybe you just need to stand firm and just say, God, help me in this moment. I want to learn from you. I want to grow in you. I want to go deeper with you. I don't need anybody else. I just need you and God right now. I'm preaching to somebody. Faith to say, yo, I got to take this test even if else is around because I got to pass this thing. Guys, can I be honest? This takes you from immaturity to maturity. 
This takes you from drinking milk to actually chewing on some meat. Come on. I'm, I'm encouraging us, even this young body of believers, even you older people in the room, we believe in you and we need it, but this is for everybody. Stop drinking milk. We got to start eating some meat. I'm vegan. In this spiritual sense, I'm in a city. There's so many vegans here. I don't even know who's vegan or not. Brother Bruce. <laughs> Eat the spiritual meat. Come on, do you know this thing is good? Do you know that he's good? Do you know that we should be walking around filled with courage, filled with strength, filled with joy, filled with peace? No matter what's going on, no matter what's around us, we should be walking around like, man, we are children of God. There is nothing too big for him. There is nothing too strong for him. No matter if I'm the mountain or I'm in the valley, he's going to walk through me with the valley. I know it because I believe it even if I don't see it yet because you know why? I've taken the tests and nobody else has. I know the faith that I live in. So the third thing is this. This is encouraging, y'all. Some new people are like, does the pastor yell all the time like this? No. I'm really, usually I sit on a stool. And, but this is, this is guys, can I, can I say this? Yes, it's part of my personality. Sure. Like, y'all are loud about a whole bunch of stuff. Y'all lose your mind over a bunch of stuff. The Bears play at, what, 1230 today? Some of y'all will be losing your minds, throwing the TV controllers through the TV. But when a uh, pastor starts yelling and screaming about the good things of God, not in a bad way, but, like, out of just pure, like, this is so good. Y'all like, this is weird. But if I was sitting at a Bears game with y'all and you saw me yelling, you'd be like, with your brother, fist, pump, we in here. What is holding you back from being so excited and just filled with overwhelming joy to declare the goodness of our God. Why? Because I think we're living in this thing where we need to see it before we believe it. And that is a lie from the enemy. We believe it because of the words God put in our hearts before we see it. Come on, church. So the third thing is this. Faith. See, 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 he believed, Abraham believed in the promise of what God spoke to him prior. His test was just to do what God asked of him. The test of Abraham in this was just to do what God asked of him. Hey, take your son and go up the hill. Sacrifice him. Whew, okay. This is tough. Makes no sense. Man, oh man, this is wild. Okay, all right. Abraham understood faith because you know what faith is? Faith is him speaking and us doing. (laughs) That was at least one amen. Faith is him speaking and us doing what he's asked of us. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he carried it five, uh, carried the fire and the knife. As the two went up on together, Isaac spoke up and said, Father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son, and the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar and they arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Guys, this is a scene. This is a scene. I, can, I think scripture, in a sense, I don't mean this to be crazy, but I think it downplays the scene. It just says that Abraham tied Isaac up. Yo, that brother is not just going down without a fight. Come on. Like, if I'm Isaac, yo, I'm finding a rock. <laughs> I'm trying to grapple with my dad, whatever. He ain't going to tie me up. I'm not the sacrificial lamb this morning. This scene is crazy. 
He's grab, I believe he's just grabbing him, and I, I believe that the turmoil inside of Abraham is like, oh my goodness, why do I have to do this? This is crazy, but God, you spoke. Come on, what faith is that? He, he laid him down, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yeah, here I am, he replied, do not lay a hand on your son. What Abraham does in this is he operates in how the kingdom operates. Come on, you with me? He operated in the way that the kingdom operates. We cannot reverse the order of how the kingdom works. Okay? We have done it for far too long. We've tried to reverse the order of how the kingdom works. I'll, I'll do something and then I'll, hear for God, I'll wait for God's voice. Or I'll, I'll step out on this thing that I want to do, but God's never told you to do it. Like, I'm going to go be a part of this, or I'm going to go do that. I'm not, I'm not saying you're necessarily wrong, but what is God calling you to do? Because when God calls you to do something, are you listening and are you saying yes to it? Or are you fighting him? Are you like, no, I got it. I'm good. I can figure this thing out. Then what you're not doing is you're not living in the faith of Jesus Christ. Because faith is him speaking and us doing it. Yo, yo, I'm, I'm not trying to bring this back to the church thing, but the bank had come up because we're almost done. But Abraham went all the way, sacrificing what he loved to follow the voice of heaven. Are you close enough to hear the voice of God? Are you close enough? My sheep know my voice, and I will know them, and they will follow me, John 10. Are you close enough to the Father to hear his voice for what he's calling you? See, when, I, when, when we got the call for this house, and I, forgive me for the personal stories again. When I got that call, I was sitting on an airplane. And the moment I received that, it was such a heavy thing that I didn't tell anybody for, for some time, for weeks, weeks. But I can't tell you how many times I wanted to reverse what God had said to me. <laughs> like, God, I, I heard your voice. I know that sounds crazy, but probably the only time in my, I've heard, I heard him. It sounds crazy. No, I know. Another time, another sermon. But I can't tell you how many times I was like, no, no, God, you know what? Like, I think there's another way. <laughs> Are you sure you meant Chicago and not Charlotte? <laughs> Are you sure you meant Chicago and not Cancun? <laughs> It's, it's, you know, there's some wire, you know, this, like, I, like, are you sure? Are, are you sure? <laughs> and every time, JP, I said it. That's all I'd get. JP, I said it. JP, no, God, I need something else. <laughs> no, I said it. I already said it. Now you choose. Are you going to do this or are you going to go the other way? And I found real quick that the amount of wrestling that I wrestled with God I could have put more time into actually doing what God had called me to do. How many of you know we waste a lot of time arguing with God and what he's calling us to do? Anybody, I, I believe that. We waste so much time when he's telling you, hey, get out of that relationship, or hey, move from that job, or hey, stop doing this, or hey, stop doing that, and we go and we start arguing with God about what he's calling us to do, and we're wasting time. Faith is, you've said it, I'm doing it. You've said it, God, I'm doing it. You know what's awesome about it? When God does speak, I, I believe you can go and seek out counsel after you've talked to God. And I, I went and then I began to share the story. I began to share what happened on the plane. And every person I talked to, right, every person I talked to, I don't have a bunch of yes people around me, trust me. But every person I talked to, every one of them was like, yeah, that's God. That's God. That's so God. Maybe not this part, but the, the main, main premise of everything that God's calling you, that's God. You got to do it. But I already had it in my heart. No matter what, I, I knew it was God. You guys make, is this making sense this morning? Is this helping you? Faith is saying yes, 
even when it looks dark. Faith is saying yes, even when it looks hard. Faith is saying yes, even if God would ask me to sacrifice my son. Come on. I said it earlier. That would be really hard for me to sacrifice Titus. But guess what? If God called me to do it, I'd have to do it. But here's what happens. This is the good part. See, when we listen and we hear the voice of God instead of adjusting God's voice, when we actually adhere to it, come on, stop adjusting God's voice. Stop adjusting God's voice. Like God doesn't go against his word. He doesn't speak opposite of this thing. Come on. I think today in the church we've created this whole messed up system where we're like, well, God said this to me. And I'm like, where's it at in the word? And they're like, well, you know. I'm like, no, 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 no. Stop adjusting the voice of God and start adhering to it. Okay, so when you live with the, the faith to say God spoke, I'm listening, this is the fourth thing and we're done. I hope this is encouraging. Belief builds you. In order to have faith that says, I, I don't need to see it before I believe it, all these things help you and they will build you up for the next time God comes and says to do something, you will have the buildup of faith to do what he's called you to do. Come on, this is a good word. See, two things happen here. Two things happen here in the end of the story. Abraham gets a revelation that God is not like any other gods. When he cries out, says, Abraham, Abraham, don't do this. Don't sacrifice your son. I will provide. And then there's a ram that he provides for a sacrifice, right? Abraham realized something. This is the God of all, above all gods. This is the God of creation, the God of the universe. This is the almighty God. You with me this morning? He has a deep understanding of belief inside of him. Because he was obedient to what God had called him. He now understands that this God is kind. This God is gracious. My God is good. My God is all sufficient. My God will provide. My God has called me. I will do it. My God is slow to anger, abounding in love. This is the God that I serve. So if God calls me to another test, I will say yes to it. Because I've seen his faithfulness in this moment. Why wouldn't he be faithful again when he calls you? This is why we got to pass the test because it builds faith in you. It's like, yo, God was faithful here. That's why with this whole building stuff, I'm like, yo, why has it, God's been, God's been faithful here, here, here. He's going to be faithful there. Belief builds you up. It builds something deep inside of you. And the world starts to tell you, yo, your God's not good. Your God has nothing for you. That's crazy talk. You can say, I've seen God be faithful here, 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 here here and there and I'm going to see him be faithful till the end of time because I know what belief I have in my God. So that's the first thing. It builds Abraham up. The second thing though is that God learned that Abraham could be trusted. Oh my goodness. James says it calls Abraham a friend of God. All because he was willing to go sacrifice his son? Yeah. Yeah. He was willing to give up the thing he loved the most. For God. You know what God said? This man, I, I just, I'm done. You know what I believe happened? I believe God's sitting up in heaven, right? And he's saying, hey, do this, do this, and now, now him and all the angels are watching, right? This is just me. Just bear with me for a second. Y'all good? I believe he's like, yo, 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 yo. Told Abraham to do this. Look at that brother. He's walking up the hill. He's, he's doing this. Oh, snap. He's doing this. He's going for this. He's going for this. Guys, check this out. Check this out. And Abraham gets a son, bounds him up, and ties him up, and places him on the altar. And God, oh, snap. This dude's actually going to do this. Like, this brother's actually believing in what I told him. Yo, check this out. And then as he raised the knife, God's like, yo, yo, no, 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 no. Whoop. Abraham, Abraham, no, 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 kill your son. 
I believe, I believe this. I believe heaven stood in awe. When that knife was raised, I believe heaven went, <gasps> there is somebody that is so obedient to me that I will build a nation off of. There is someone so obedient to me that I will change the world through them. There is somebody that has so much obedience and so much belief in me that I will use them to do the impossible. Come on, is there anybody in the room this morning that wants to be a friend of God, that wants to have that title, but more importantly, that God can look down from heaven and say, I can use this person. I can equip this person to do great and mighty things because there's such a deep level of faith inside of them that nothing will shake them. Nothing will call them off the plan and the purpose that I have. Nothing will call them against the road that I have called for them to walk. Nothing will call them off of the, the places that I have them go. This is who we serve, and I pray today that we will have faith to believe it before we ever see see it. And we will stand up and say, my God is good. My God is great. My God is all sufficient. That if he calls, I'm going to go. If he says it, I'm going to do it. No matter what is happening, no matter what it may feel like, no matter what it may look like, he is still good and he is God. Come on, let's sing it.